Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. All right, welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. We're so glad you're tuning in to this episode. And I am excited to have Jordan Thompson back on the uh, podcast. And Jordan has the honor of being our most frequent guest that we've interviewed. Um, he, uh, let's see here. I interviewed, uh, one of his, one of his siblings, uh, Jake Wells, maybe a couple of years ago. And then I interviewed Jordan and then we did an interview with Jake, Jordan and Brooke, the three of, with one of his, uh, you know, the three of them and then recorded some music. So Jordan is a, as a artist, singer, songwriter, um, also, uh, you know, remodeled construction, all kinds of stuff. So, and a father and came from a family of, uh, a family that traveled and sang gospel music around the country in America. And I want to encourage all of you, if you missed my first interview with Jordan Thompson a couple of years ago, just go back through, um, our whole you know, data log with uh, spirituality adventures, go back and listen to my first interview with Jordan Thompson, then find the one that I did with Jake Wells, Jordan and Brooke, and it'll give you a great feel for this family. I've grown to love this family and uh, love their journey, love their spiritual journey. Let's have you kind of do a five minute, you know, just for new listeners that don't, yeah. don't know anything about you. Give them, Give them your version of your background story, uh, kind of the quick version. And then I kind of want to jump into your kind of where you're at on your current faith journey, because it's kind of fun uh, to do, you know, come back to you frequently because kind of catch up. You're such a deep thinker uh, and reader and studier. I love that about you. And it kind of lets us be a part of your uh, evolving faith journey. Yeah. And uh, and then I want to talk about your new album. All right. Okay, so cool. those are the things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, quick five minutes on, um, backstory, I guess is I was born in Northwestern Florida in Pensacola. My, uh, mother and father were, uh, met at college there at a conservative, uh, Christian Bible college. And, um, so they married, my dad started working for that college and I was their uh, first child, first of five. And, uh, so lived there, went to school, uh, until, uh, the age of seven. And then when I was seven, uh, moved to, uh, sort of, uh, I guess my parents moved to an employment over to my grandfather's church, which is in Niceville, Florida. And that's a little bit more of like a Southern fundamentalist, independent Baptist church. Um, a lot smaller though, um, from, from where we are coming from. So went from a church of maybe, um, you know, three, 4,000 to, uh, 250 or something like that. Uh, maybe 300 on Easter Sunday or something. And 
So we were there for a couple of years. And then uh, my dad decided that it was, um, it was time that we took our family music endeavors on the road. And so he bought a bus. We moved into the bus and started traveling around the country, playing gospel music in churches. And so we did that from, uh, for me, it was about the age of 10 until 16 traveling around the country. And then um, I was kind of like uh, knocking on my parents. My sister was knocking on my parents. Hey, like, can we, can we settle down? Can we finish high school? Um, you know, in a more, in a more normal setting. And so my parents uh, eventually said, yeah, um, we can, we can look into that. And so they started sort of looking for opportunities to, you know, settle down somewhere and where that showed up was in Kansas city. So we moved to Kansas city to start a church. Uh, and um, that's where I, that's, you know, how I first came to be in Kansas city. And then I met my wife uh, now wife of almost nine years uh, at the end of high school here um, started playing, you know, was still playing in church, but it was a little bit more of an open context, not so fundamentalist, not so um, rigid by the time we got here. And so I started playing in rock and roll bands and making my own music and doing that thing. And then, uh, you know, fast forward, kind of left the church um, and did the, did the touring around playing my own music thing, uh, married my wife, um, we moved to Colorado shortly, then moved back to Kansas city and, um, have lived in Kansas city and recently started a family. Um, so we have, uh, Wolfie, uh, who is almost two. And then, uh, we're expecting one, um, expecting one in August. So pretty early on in the, in the pregnancy right now, but the family's growing. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah and those who, who are watching on YouTube, um, Jordan's uh, in his new studio or or recently designed studio, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So we bought a house a couple of years ago and one of my dreams uh, was to own just a little bit of land and have a studio. And so um, once we bought this house, I kind of started making plans to, to build a studio out here. And so now I have a fully functioning recording studio um, that I've been working out of for, um, nine or 10 months. So coming up on a year. Um, and so I, I would pick up, the computers all hooked up to everything. I would pick it up and show you a video of the whole thing, but <laughs> yeah. All right. Excellent. So, um, I'm, I'm curious just to check in with you on kind of where you're at in your faith journey. Cause I think last time we talked, you know, we, we, we spent quite a bit of time unpacking that for you uh, or you, you spent quite a bit of time unpacking it for us actually. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> um, one, I always, uh, you know, you, when you kind of went through, you know, doubts and questions and all that of, of sort of your fundamentalist, uh, Christian upbringing. I remember we were having coffee one time with Jake. It was, I, it was the first time I met you and you, you gave, uh, an analogy that really hit me and stuck with me. Um, and you use the Jenga analogy. Oh yeah. And you might, I, I like that analogy so much. You might revisit that and tell us how you shared that with me then. And then I think last time we interviewed, we, we just kind of chatted about where you were at 
you know, a couple of years ago, I'm just kind of curious to check in with you and hear where you're at now and kind of where you're, what's going on with you spiritually, faith sure. journey wise. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. The Jenga analogy is, um, was kind of, I guess, modeled after my experience of having my, um, sort of like spiritual landscape pulled apart. And what that was is, um, just growing up in like extremely fundamental fundamentalist thinking, um, where it, it was primarily a set of, you know, things that are wrong and things that are right. Um, and you know, I, I know, I know that for people who are living in that experience that it all, that it makes sense. There's some coherence to it, to it making sense. But for me, it was an experience of like growing up, uh, inside of that world. And then finding out that, finding out that, um, you know, maybe this, this one rule doesn't really, doesn't really completely make sense, or maybe it's not the exact right rule for my life or I'm deciding that, you know, and I, you remove that Jenga block from the whole, uh, moral hierarchy or whatever, and then keep, you know, trying to find things that finding, finding things that didn't make sense to me inside of that sort of very rigid worldview. And the more that I removed, just that the closer I got to a complete, uh, collapse of that worldview and eventually just removed enough that the whole worldview collapsed. And I kind of felt left with, um, no framework for living. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a framework to come from, uh, in, in living. And so in that sense, my, that Jenga tower just, just completely collapsed. And so went through a period, um, that I think we talked about a little more at length in the previous interviews of just, um, uh, we could call, I guess we'd call it like faithlessness or, um, a wholesale rejection of spirituality in general. Like I've always been a curious person and I don't, I don't think I've ever gotten away from curiosity uh, for a long period of time, but have definitely gone through periods of feeling really bitter or feeling like a total sense of rejection for the, for that enterprise entirely for the enterprise of like trying to figure out what's true or what's um, what, what is a good way to live and why it might be a good, good way to live. Um, you know, and so I guess answering that question kind of led me into the, into that follow-up question, but, um, you know, what, like some of where I find myself now is like, um, I would say at the, I, I don't have very much left over that makes me really prickly about, um, the world that I came from just because I feel like I, I feel like that process has like moved closer to completion for me in terms of like, I, I understand um, on a person to person level, why people would settle for a worldview that is more fundamentalist, like, a, you know, maybe some of the fear or some of the pain or some of the life experience that would lead someone to, you know, need to live in that way. So I feel pretty understanding of that. Um, you know, I'm not saying I can't get, I can't get worked up about something ever, but, um, now, uh, now I kind of am finding myself, like, I would say that the headline of it is like, not only more open to, not only more open to 
um, alternative views of this, this spiritual landscape, but also, but also very open to, um, the, I'll say the deeper, the deeper version, what I see is the deeper version of the, of the Christian worldview and how it, um, well, I mean, how it's impacted, how it's impacted me is like that it is the most simpatico, um, worldview for Western culture, you know, and we, we, you know, you and I are having a conversation from within Western culture and, um, and it makes sense to me why the story of, why the story of Jesus and the sort of pictorialization of God, the father, um, why all of that maps really well to, um, to the sort of spiritual understanding of the Western culture. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think we had last time we had coffee a few weeks ago. Um, I might've, you know, one of the, one of the things that's interesting to me about uh, neuroscience, uh, you know, the study of the brain, how the brain works and all the, and um the, you know, our, our brains from the time we're born, you know, take in massive loads of input, you know, from our senses, you know, mm. sights, sounds, smells, you know, all that. And our, the way our brains are shaped that, that we're looking for patterns and we form after when we find patterns, then we form stories around those patterns, narratives around those patterns to make sense of all this information. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, and, you know, it obviously one of the primary wirings there is to, to, to be safe, to survive, you know, to not yeah. get eaten or killed or something, you know, but right. <clears throat> also, uh, you know, to network and, and make, make relationships that are, that are safe and loving and, you know, productive and stuff like that. And, and, uh, so the, so our, our brains are wired for storytelling and we tell ourselves stories. Sometimes the stories we tell ourselves, you know, aren't necessarily even true. Right. Like, yeah, I just had an incident this past weekend where I got some information that was partial and then I created a whole narrative around that partial information that actually wasn't true. Yeah. But emotionally, I literally thought it was true until I got further input and communication. Right. But my yeah. brain just formed a whole thing. And I'm just yeah. like, going, holy crap. My brain just went off on this thing, you know? And, uh, and so, um, but religion does that for us. It maps out, narratives and stories and metaphors. Yeah. And I think that, um, in the Western world, as you're pointing out the dominant metaphors that we've been raised in, uh, that has influenced the Western worldview is Christianity hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, even if you were to reject all of that and say, Oh, Hey, I'm an atheist. Yeah. You're, you're, if you grew up in that with those metaphors and those things, then you, 
you never fully, I, I have a friend who calls himself an atheist who believes in God. Mm-hmm. And he, he said he tried with all his heart to get away from all. He's like in his seventies now. And he tried away. He tried to get away from all of that Christian metaphor. Yeah. And he says, he says, I still pray all the time. I don't know if I'm praying to anything or anybody. He says, I still think yeah. in these, met- even though he tried really hard to get away from it all. He yeah. finally just kind of went like, okay, I'm, I'm giving up on trying to get away from it all. And I'm going to just try to live with it and make sense with it. And if I, if I pray because I pray and I was, grew up praying that I'm going to keep praying with. Yeah. I find myself there. Like, um, yeah. Prayer specifically is such a, feels so involuntary, you know, in the, in the, in, in the way that my mind works. And that's part, that's part of it is like, Oh, when I'm like in difficulty or in need of, in need of help or whatever it is, it's like, I'm still, still going inward to make a request to the sort of higher power. And it's just that the only thing that's really changed since I was young is like what I'm, what I would refer to as that higher power, like what I'm, what I'm making a request of is a, is a sort of different picture or a different entity. It's not necessarily the God of, um, it's, it's not the, the personality of the God of the world that I grew up in, but I'm still, but I'm still engaging in that process, you know? And so it's like, okay, it, exactly like your friend, like, am I going to rage against the way that my mind is working? You know, you know, don't do that. Don't, you know, or like, or to, to you know, make her to make that request or, or make that um, sort of like do that check-in with, um, we, we could call it a part of the self, you know, or, or the, you know, big S self. Um, if I'm, if I'm doing that and checking in and that, and that's a process that feels authentic for me, then I'm, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to, you know, try to, um, get, you know, break, break myself of that. If it, if it's, if it's, um, something that's, um, giving to me. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought, you know, like in my darkest moment when I was like, like if there's a God, then I'm effing pissed. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, and if there's not, then I I've spent my whole life talking to myself, you know, or talking to the universe or talking to whatever. I don't know what, you know, maybe you have. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and maybe, then, maybe yourself is something we're talking to. Well, you know, it, it, you, you do self-processing, when you, when I pray out loud, a lot of times it's self-processing, you know, and I'm, I live in my house alone right now. So it's easy. <laughs> it's easy to pray out loud, you know, nobody to think that you're crazy. I, I can sing. I'm a terrible singer, but Hey, nobody, you know, it's just, yeah. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can dance and, you know, entertain myself, you know, anyway, but uh, yeah, no, but uh, there is, there is a part of it. Like for me, that is sometimes just self-awareness and self-processing and, in connection with what's going on and getting in touch with core things, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but, um, you know, yeah, I, I still believe there's a God out there too, but, uh, yeah. I have, I've certainly had my doubts along the way. Yeah. Um, can I ask you a Bible question real quick? <laughs> Maybe you can ask. I don't know if I have the answer, right? Okay. So, um, you remember where it says, um, so th- th- there's a passage 
somewhere that is talking about um, treating the body with respect. And uh, it says that your body is the temple. What does it say? Your body is the temple of the Holy spirit. It is the Holy spirit. Okay. Yeah. That's in the I, new Testament. Right. I yeah. was thinking about that today. I was thinking about that today, kind of from this framework um, that I'm, that I'm sort of piecing together. And um, yeah, it's just, that's, that's interesting to me that it says that the body is the temple of the Holy spirit. Um, which, which to me indicates that the Holy spirit is, is, is alive inside, inside. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's passages like that, you know, the kingdom of God is within you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, pneuma is the Greek word for spirit and it can refer to the human spirit mm -hmm. or it can refer sometimes to a malevolent spirit. Sure. Or sometimes to like the spirit of God. Yeah. The spirit that hovered in Genesis one over the primordial chaos of the, of the deep, yeah. you know, like yeah. in Gen Genesis one and two, the, the creation starts out of this kind of primordial chaos of stuff. And the spirit yeah. hovers like a dove, mm. like wings flapping over the deep over the tohu vabohu is the Hebrew. It's a rhyming. Okay. It's a poem. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it's poetic. Yeah. It's what is poetic. it was empty and void tohu vabohu. Yeah. And you, you know, like if you dive into emptiness, you know, and philosophically and all that, you, yeah. I know you've done that. Yeah. I, I love the, the spirit love hovering it. over emptiness. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> it's that's, so interesting. That's Genesis one and two. I know, man. <laughs> yeah, so good. Because, well, I'll share a little bit of what I'll share a little bit of like what I'm mapping out right now is like, like, you know, so the Eastern, some of the Eastern traditions point to, um, they don't, they, they point to something that's unpointable, you know, and that's like as close as they get in terms of like defining a, you know, those traditions are very careful in terms of defining a hierarchy of this is the God and the, and this is the mm -hmm. human or whatever it is, you know? And, um, what's interesting to me is like from those lenses, the sort of the experience of the divine is an experience that is, um, sort of already always, uh, behind uh, the lo the locus of perception, you know, like us us looking here at, at each other, we're looking at each other, you know, through the internet and all that, but we're also looking at each other through um, through our eyes and looking at, you know, you could say looking at the sensations of our body, looking at the interpretations of our mind, like the stories that you're talking about creating from patterns that we see and the, and the divine, you know, from, from that Eastern view, so far as I can tell at this point is whatever is already behind that, you know, mm. already. So, so the, so the thing that is seen, you know, the thing, the, the thing in each of us and uh, you and me and every other person and every other thing, the thing in us that is seeing, um, or is being, you know, or is, you know, is the, um, 
I guess the spirit, if we go back over to the, to the Western view, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, that's kind of how I'm, how I'm operating or how I'm viewing things right now is like when you're praying in your house or when you're, you know, talking to yourself or whatever that is, the se- like the self that you're speaking to, um, is that self, you know what I mean? And to me, that place um, it is emptiness, you know, it isn't like, there's no, you couldn't, you couldn't say, Oh, well, this is the place that I'm seeing from because in order to see that place, it can't be the place that you're seeing from, you know, it's, it's increasingly, um, I guess, you know, I picture it kind of like a spiral that's getting closer and closer to the center all the time, you know, but never, but never, never fully reaching the center. Um, but even when I'm singing worship songs or I'm thinking about the worship songs that I really relate to, um, the place of, the place of surrender that I'm singing that to is that, is that place of already always seeing, knowing, loving, um, accepting, um, not making preferential changes on the inputs that are coming in, you know, like everything already belonging, like to the space of pure perception, um, everything already belongs, mm. you know? And to, and that's why I asked you about mm-hmm. that. That's why I asked you about that uh, scripture is because I think it's interesting that it says that the body is the temple of the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. um, which I guess, you know, maybe I'm in a little confirmation bias here, but that to me, that feels like a, that feels like something, something true in that of like, this is already the place that the divine is happening. You know, mm-hmm. it's all, mm-hmm. it's already happening in here. Yeah. Um, and it's back behind the preferences and back behind the judgments and back behind the stories and back behind all that stuff, you know? Um, yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of the world that I'm working yeah. out right now. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. That in, in that, that was a radical concept for Jesus day that your body was that place, you know, it would have been the temple in Jerusalem or the temple over here, or the temple over there, you know, yeah, but not, not like located in you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Well, Hey, I'm going to do a quick break here. Just uh, not break, but just, I want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, by the way, go over to spiritualityadventures.com is our website. And we are a uh, listener sponsored podcast. So if you listen regularly, uh, jump on there, be a part of our support team. You'll get a bunch of good bonus content. Like uh, Jordan, and I did a, did a little interview before that and get some music, all kinds of stuff there. So uh, check it out and thanks for tuning in. Well, I want to jump to your album right now, Jordan, right. Uh, you're working on a new album. You sent me three, uh, cuts father of the world even in the dark and my love and i i i love your music so i I love all the stuff that you've done so far and these three songs were great tell us about this new album you're working on what what kind of uh feel and concepts are you going for in it yeah so um i'll say the the main concept that um has opened up for me recently is in the realm of becoming a father. And so, um, just, just feeling that feeling the, 
sort of like radical amount of love uh, that comes with being a father and, um, you know, having a son, just how much I love my son. And uh, I remember early on in the process, I was, um, I was speaking with some friends and I, and I was just sharing with them about, about what that experience was for me. And a lot of what it was, was, um, yeah, just realizing how much, um, realizing how much I could see a place for that love in the world, like how much, how much that love is needed, uh, and also how, decisive and unwavering, um, that sort of commitment is like, um, you know, in, I like in early in, uh, romantic relationships and all that stuff, it's really easy to have the experience of like, Oh, I unconditionally love this person. You know, I, 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 uh, there's nothing they could ever do to, you know, whatever I, you know, definitely experienced like, uh, experienced thoughts like that. And then, you know, you married for a couple of years and whatever. And you're like, Oh, wait a second. This is like, this is actually going to take some serious, this is going to take some serious work. This is going to take, you know, this is, it's not something that's just like full of infatuation and stuff all the time. And, um, uh, while I do believe that kind of love can be really selfless and really, really, you know, beautiful in its own way, there's something distinct and different about the, unquestionable nature of like, um, love of a, the love of a parent, love of a father. Mm. Um, and I just, yeah, I just, it just kind of like blew my heart open, you know, like the, that experience, the love that I have for my son. And so one of the themes that is very, uh, often visited in this album is that sort of, um, fatherly, um, love perspective. Um, and so in, it's, it's very much in that track father of the world. Um, and, uh, and in the track, my love, like the song, my love was a song that I wrote and finished when Wolfie was born. And, um, it's just my, it's just my heart for him. You know, it's just like, Hey, um, it's like a, it's a love letter to him. You know, it's just like, I'm not going to, I know that I'm not going to do this perfectly because I know myself. And, um, I also know how much I love and care about you and how, how much I want for your life. And so it, that's a, that's a letter from me to Wolfie and it's, um, it's, uh, yeah, it falls right in that category. So a lot of the album cover is in, in those sort of themes. And then some of the album is like, what I would call cleaning, not cleaning up, but like just telling the telling, telling some of the stories or saying some of the things that I've needed to say over the years that I haven't quite gotten to musically, um, where I'm like kind of wrapping them up with a bow and being like, okay, I said it, I said it the way that I needed to say it. Here's this song. So I don't have to write this song again, you know? Mm. Um, and so, um, yeah, some of, some of the album is like getting up to speed of like, mm. here's where I am, you know, here, here, here's where I've been, here's where I am now. Um, but between those two spaces, that's largely where it, that's largely where it takes place is just between those two spaces. And, um, you know, a, a couple of the tracks on the album are, um, 
you know, dealing with like more difficult experiences that I've had, like feelings of, you know, betrayal or um, sorrow and loss. Um, but I think that in the end, the, it lands on a reasonably positive note, you know, mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. all, all, th- all things considered, um, all things considered, like, um, I'm raising my glass to reality, you know? Yeah. Excellent. I love it. Do you have a title for the album yet or? Yeah. The album title is called new sincerity, new sincerity. Okay, cool. Yeah. Which I I don't know if we've talked about, uh, David Foster Wallace before. Um, he's an author. I've heard Um, of him, but I haven't read him. Okay. He, so he's, uh, he's part of a liter like in, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be paraphrasing here and also borrowing from other people's knowledge because I'm by no means a scholar, but, um, new sincerity is basically like a term, as I understand it, a term for, um, the sort of movements of fiction out of, um, out of postmodernism. So, the way that, so there's, you know, there's modern and then there's postmodern and, and there are certain authors who are accredited with being like, Hey, you're like the start of postmodernity, you know, David Foster Wallace. Um, some people called him like the start of something called new sincerity. Okay. Um, and so you see themes in his work that are like, you see, you see themes in his work that are there. It's surreal, like, uh, like post postmodern stuff is like mm-hmm. can be very surreal. Um, but you see themes in his work that are not only surreal, but very um, like almost have a lesson or have a, like there's a, there's like a moral thing to be gleaned even in that sort of surrealist story. Okay. I'm, and to at, me, I'm, I'm, I'm glancing at him right now. Yeah. To me, it's very Pulitzer hard. surprise guy for fiction. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's definitely was a heavy hitter for, um, yeah. In fiction. yeah. And so, so that new sincerity to me is like, you know, I'm an yeah. artist existing in this sort of postmodern landscape, but I don't want, but you know, I always try to come from the heart and the heart is like the most, the heart and beauty are the most important things to me, mm. uh, when I'm making music. And so to me, the, the sort of, uh, what would you call it? the moniker, I guess, of new sincerity, the category of new sincerity just struck with me because it's like, yeah, like we're out here in this sort of, um, ethereal, anything goes sort of space, but I'm still making music that is like, uh, about the heart. And so that new sincerity is, I, I knew that was, I knew that was an album title for me when I first sort of learned of it. And, um, and so that, that's why it fit for this album for me. Mm, cool. Yeah. And are you, um, as far as the production side, are you doing all of that yourself? Are you doing it all in your studio? Are you all, are you doing all the vocals and all the, all the instruments and everything? Yeah. So far it's been only me, me and only me. Okay. On this one. Um, so yeah, it's stretching me in a huge way because I'm producing it, um, mixing it, you know, like engineering it, doing all the, doing all the stuff. And so it, it has stretched me to learn all of those processes because, um, 
you know, I've, I've, uh, I've had help in the past and also struggled with getting exactly what I wanted in the past, because when you have help, you're usually paying for it. And, you know, being an artist is much like being a podcaster doesn't always pay what you want it to pay. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so for me, yeah, right now, luckily, and um, fortunately I've been blessed to accrue the necessary tools. And so now it's about the skills and abilities and I've um, just been learning as much as I possibly can about production and recording and, um, the nice part about owning a studio is I don't have to pay for studio time. So, um, I can just come out here late night, early morning, whenever I want to. And, uh, whenever I'm not working and track some more stuff. So yesterday I was tracking guitar. Um, most of the album's done. Um, so it's, it's very, very close to being sent off, but. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, good. And you, will you, uh, put this out under, uh, it'll be Jay, under Jay Taylor. Jay yeah, Taylor. Under, yeah. yeah. So, so tell music. everybody how, how to find you <laughs> yeah. on Spotify or you're on you're I think you're, you're on Spotify Bandcamp, but you're not, yeah. are, you're not on Apple music, are you? Yeah, I'm on Apple. Oh, you are. Okay. I am. Yeah. It might be more difficult to find just because I feel like some of the streaming services are really good at indexing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, music by, um, artists and some, some are st still working that out or, you know, still prior figuring out who to prioritize, but yeah, all my music should be available wherever you listen to music. So if you type in J capital J period, T A Y L O R J Taylor, that's where you can find it. And I put out, um, um, two EPs and a string of singles. And, uh, the next thing that'll be out is, um, new sincerity volume one. So Cool. Cool. Well, I tell you, I, the, the, the tracks you sent to me, I really, really loved them. So looking forward to hearing the whole album. Yeah. And, uh, are, and then are you going to, are we going to be able to play, maybe give people a listen to one of the tracks or something here? Uh, you mean via like, uh, uh, like yeah. do a song after the podcast? Yeah. You're going to maybe re record one for us for yeah. the podcast. Yeah. I'll record one for you guys. Um, you know, I'll, I'll record a, a video of one of the songs for you guys. Um, well maybe I'll maybe send you two and, um, you can pick whichever one you want. Sweet. Sweet. Might yeah. put one on the podcast and one on the bonus content. If you do, if you send us two. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, sweet. Well, thank you, Jordan. I I'm so grateful to, uh, connect, get, uh, kind of, kind of caught up with you a little bit. Very cool. Yeah. Look forward to hanging out. We're going to, we're going to do some hanging out here maybe over the next few months together as well. So. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Fred. You bet. You bet. Well, thanks everybody for tuning into spirituality adventures. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll look forward to uh, connecting with you next time. I'm Jay Taylor and uh, this is father of the world.
Is a song. 
This concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, and make a one-time donation, or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.